Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. Always podcast for you. This week, I thought we could get into something dark. Ooh, <laughs> like the chocolate? Yes. Well, I know you and Olivia had a lighthearted time talking about human corpses the other week, so I figured... <laughs> it was so light. I figured we could, you know, take the opportunity to get into, like, the deep, dark, spooky core of the human experience. And that's why I brought you here today to talk about dark academia. <gasps> oh, finally! Now, Dee, I know what you're thinking. What is dark academia? I am thinking that. How do you define this? It is an aesthetic. (laughs) Ah. Oscar Wilde would approve. I was literally just about to say, get ready to become another Oscar Wilde. But what is an aesthetic? Oh, uh, can I try to make a guess? Sure. It's a set of visual principles which you set your fashion and possibly decor and method of thinking after. That's pretty good, actually. No, thank you. What I have written down is, an aesthetic is a look or style. An internet aesthetic is one which develops and grows to popularity online, particularly through social media. Similar to fashion trends like goth, grunge, preppy, etc., but it goes beyond clothing into accessories, interior design, household objects, choice of media consumption, and even food, with a particular focus on books, film, and music. If my memories of college hold tight, then dark academia is going to be like spooky spaghettios cold in your car 10 minutes before class. (laughs) (laughs) The dark academia look is as follows. Late Victorian dark wood furniture. Yes. Candlelight. Yes. Ceiling wax. Letter openers. Fountain pens. Quills. Inkwells and typewriters. All right. Well, that's a little excessive. Tweed. Subdued argyle, herringbone, waistcoats, scarves, long wool coats, elbow patches, corduroy, saddle shoes, and oxfords. (laughs) While you were describing all of those pieces, I was putting them all on the same guy, and he looks silly. He looks amazing, right? He looks incredible. He looks really great, yeah. He's, He's fashion forward. So you know how steampunk is goths discovering brown? Yeah. Dark Academia is steampunk minus cogs. (laughs) Steampunk, but real. Steampunk real, actually. Steampunk real, actually. If you do want to dress up a little man in your head in Dark Academia, I recommend Giles from Buffy. Oh yeah, he is Dark Academia. Very fashion forward of him. It's basically an idealized vision of academia in general and Oxbridge in particular with a focus on libraries and gothic architecture. Oxbridge... As in the the actual literal school? Yes, Oxbridge, the portmanteau of Oxford and Cambridge, the two premier ancient institutions of the UK. I don't know why I was so willing to just accept that it was one place. So... <laughs> <laughs> Bit like saying Harvard and Yale are one school, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, guys, you guys remember Yarvard? <laughs> yeah. Go down to Cambridge and start talking about Yarvard. <laughs> See how that goes over. <laughs> That, see, that's my Bostonian dark academia, where it's all the exact same, because Boston already is the darkest. You know Yale is in Connecticut, right? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Well, well, the more you know. I'm just going to switch out all mentions of Boston with New England. <laughs> We're learning a lot today. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time. It is important to note that the dark academia vibe is drawn almost entirely from fictional media rather than lived experience. Yeah. So this is Ivy League as interpreted by 13-year-olds who have never been to an Ivy League school. (laughs) So it's amazing. Yeah. Possibly people who've never been to college. (laughs) 
I would say that, yes, most 13-year-olds have not, in fact, been to college. I just wanted to include some of, like... Doogie Hauser. You know, he's always being left out because of his age. <laughs> Dark Academia Media includes, but is not limited to, The Secret History by Donna Tart, published 1992. Is that not Patient Zero? It is. Actually, yes. We can trace this entire aesthetic down to one singular book, published 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> it is literally the novel that started it all. You may recognize the name Donna Tartt from our Goldfinch episodes, because she wrote that one too. Yeah. But this is her first novel. It's litfic, literary fiction. It's her undergraduate creative writing thesis at Bennington College in the 1980s. The blurb for the novel is as follows. Under the influence of their charismatic classics professor, a group of clever, eccentric misfits at an elite New England college discover a way of thinking and living that is a world away from the humdrum existence of their contemporaries. But when they go beyond the boundaries of normal morality, they slip gradually from obsession to corruption and betrayal, and at last, inexorably, into evil. Like every Donna Tart blurb, it doesn't even come close to doing the book justice. No, it's, I would say, actively confusing to how I would describe the book. I have attempted my own summary. Richard Pappen is a failed pre-med student turned English major who transfers from California State School to an elite private New England college as a rejection of 1980s neon plastic middle class consumerism and seeking old world aesthetics. Then he sees the classics majors, a hyper-select group of only a half-dozen students, hand-selected by a professor who doesn't teach any other courses, all young and ethereal and wealthy even by not-Bennington standards, and falling in love with the aesthetic ideal they represent, switches his major to classics. Extremely beautiful, lyrical, self-indulgent prose describes the antiques-filled mansion they all live in, the fountain pens and typewriters they use, the Hannibal-esque dinners they share, and the murder plot they enact. Because these spoiled rich kids are stupid enough to commit multiple murders for the aesthetic. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta do it for the vine, dog. More on these themes later. For now, know that the lush descriptions in this book are solely responsible for creating the dark academia aesthetic. Every other work of fiction labeled dark academia was tacked on after the fact. Now I know what you're wondering, Dee. Why do the youth enjoy dark academia? I'd imagine it's because of how fucked up going to college is now, and probably a lot of kids aren't going to get to go. So as with a lot of social issues, you turn to a sort of extreme form of nostalgia in which the core of it, as my memories of the secret history work, is all about how it's evil and bad and how at the heart of these idealized antique colleges is something very evil and best done away with. I also have like a five-part answer that I wrote down, but... Oh! (laughs) Part one, The Secret History is a very good book. Nice. But it was published in 1992, so why now? That's also a good question, Ken. Point the second. Social media is very visual, with Instagram and TikTok and whatever the youth are into these days. So surrounding yourself with beautiful things is very valuable clout. Are you just going to leave Tumblr out of it? We all know it hasn't been the same since the Purge, D. No, but I would say Dark Academia had its time on Tumblr back when it was still a website. Back when Tumblr was still a functional website, yes. You could have found Dark Academia there, and arguably you still can find Dark Academia there. The tags are very active, but let's be real, they're not doing Instagram numbers. (laughs) But why Dark Academia beauty specifically? Why indeed? The pandemic shut down schools. Oh. Kids who find stories like this secret history appealing really, really miss school. They miss not just their actual school that they go to, but the platonic ideal of the university experience, aka Dark Academia, as Dee pointed out. I got something right. Yay. (laughs) And also, 
Sometimes it's fun to feel fancy. It is so fun to feel fancy. Why do you think anybody who's into antiques is into antiques? You can elevate mundane experiences with beauty. Homework at an Ikea desk doesn't feel even half as special or dramatic or fun as homework done at a Black Walnut Governor Winthrop with secret drawers. God, ain't that the truth. Similarly, doing your homework with a fountain pen is leagues away from doing your homework with a ballpoint pen. Why fluorescent lights when you can candle lights? Well, <laughs> now you might be making doing your homework a little bit difficult, but yeah. Why t-shirt and jeans when you can waistcoat and scarf? That's a 24-7, no matter what your aesthetic is. In conclusion, I cannot blame the youth because if I were in their place, I would be all in on this. I mean, you kind of are. But how is dark academia good for the antiques industry? Set dressing, my friend. Set dressing indeed. <laughs> We have what they crave. <laughs> it is amazing for vintage fashion. Are you struggling to move corduroy, tweed, herringbone, argyle, various shades of brown? Struggle no more. Tag that shit, hashtag dark academia, and throw it on your shop's socials. That's a really good idea because I'm pretty sure all of those are usually sort of difficult to move. Did somebody say home goods? Home goods. Do you sell typewriters and typewriter accessories? Oh my god, will they buy my typewriter? They will. Or perhaps fountain pens, candlesticks or candelabras, fancy teacups and spooky muted patterns. Is it brown, old, and or vaguely academic? Tag it hashtag dark academia and go. <laughs> should I have been tagging all of my antique books as dark academia? Funny you should mention that because my next point is books. Oh, tell me more. Does it fit the dark academia color scheme of vaguely 19th century brown? Boy, howdy do most of them do that. Does the subject fit into the dark academia canon? More on the canon later, but the teal deer of it is, if it would be assigned reading in a high school English class, you are golden. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Most of the books I have are not remembered by anyone but me and the publisher. Are they difficult slash obscure 19th century poetry? Yes. <laughs> Congrats. Now it's hashtag dark academia. Yes. Oh, firing up my hashtag generator. Furniture. Yes, I believe hashtag dark academia has the power to move even something as heavy as furniture. Online even? Oh, social media can be used to sell many things. Yes. Goods and services. Remember how all the New York City antiques dealers and designers in our Bottoming Out episode were bemoaning how nobody wants Victorian pieces or quote-unquote brown furniture? Yeah, they actually said brown furniture. They might have more luck selling it with hashtag dark academia. I'll be hot diggity dog. And this works with also everything else. Because any object which a more unscrupulous dealer might sell as Victorian for the SEO can probably be sold legitimately as hashtag dark academia. Oh my god, because dark academia doesn't imply any actual age. Exactly! <gasps> Ken, you're gonna change the antiques game. It's all made the fuck up. It can be any time period. Oh my, it's all coming together. You don't have to lie anymore. We don't have to lie anymore, D. Now. Are you going to have to be a little bit online to make this work for you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Writing hashtag dark academia on a post-it note and putting it on your desk isn't really going to help, but... <laughs> it might delight some passing Tumblr, right? But I don't know that it's going to help sell goods. But are you still confused on what qualifies as dark academia? I kind of always am. Perhaps we should go over the canon. The first piece is The Secret History by Donna Tart. <laughs> This is the only correct answer. <laughs> is that the, uh, the only solid check mark? Yes. Nothing else quite fits because the entire definition is based on this singular novel, which no one has yet been able to quite replicate deliberately or by accident. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Yeah, just one of those mysteries. 
off-cited works include Dead Poets Society. Uh, yeah, yeah. The 1989 film with Robin Williams. It's a high school instead of a university, but the common theme of students rallied by a charismatic teacher. Except Robin Williams' character is wholesome rather than inadvertently leading children to murders. A lot of elbow patches, though. So many elbow patches. James Joyce. Portrait of the artist as a young man. Not his personal letters, notably. I <laughs> think his personal letters actually fit better. And I, I don't know. James Joyce is, like, historically important, but not, like, a good experience. The Hannibal TV series... Has the murder, plus the charisma, plus the aesthetics, but no academia. Yeah. Norwegian Wood by Murakami. Uh, <laughs> I feel weird about putting surrealism anywhere, anywhere with a specific type, but maybe. My note for that one literally just says thoughts from D question mark. Yeah, it's just that Murakami's highly surrealist and like that one isn't an exception, but it is focused around like the idea of higher education and like the grim darkness. I'm going to give it like a yellow check mark. Okay. Faust by Goeth. Yeah, of course. I feel like that's green all the way. Aesthetic, murder, academia. You got it. Yeah. The Tolkien biopic. Um, no. Because he's a professor, I guess? He was a pretty upbeat, wholesome guy. I don't think he does a murder in the biopic, but we'll see. Uh, And here we get into the more bonkers citations. <laughs> wow. Okay. Such as Midnight in Paris, the Woody Allen film. No, 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 no. That's got nothing. It's All that has is authors. Kill Your Darlings, the 2013 film with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, I wouldn't call that one bonkers. It is about writing and murder. It does have a murder at an academic institution. And it is very aesthetic if you're into the early 20th century. And it's gay if I remember. Less so, Victor Frankenstein, the 2015 film with Daniel Radcliffe. Absolutely not. You're high. You're high. You got too into the contemporary academic experience and you got high. What? It's not even a good Frankenstein movie. It's not even a good movie. I thought, are we, when, oh my God, this is, I'm, I'm pressed. This has got me pressed. When you're making a list of entries into an aesthetic subculture, uh -huh. I always imagined that being good was a prerequisite. You'd think, and yet. <laughs> you can't just put trash unless you're talking about something like camp. You'll love the next entry on the list. Harry Potter starring Daniel Radcliffe. Fuck. Fuck whoever did that. Fuck whoever put that in. Fuck everyone who agrees with it. Fuck you. Because technically, I guess the setting is a school. Fuck you. And murders happen, I guess. Hey, you know what? Subtextual evil doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. We all know that it, like every single facet of it is like, I don't know. What, what did Ursula K. Le Guin say? Morally repugnant. <laughs> that doesn't count because it's not text. And under the Oops, We Forgot Women subheading, <laughs> we have Mona Lisa Smile. No. <laughs> Come on. Which is Dead Poets Society, but at an all-women's college in the 50s. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to allow Dead Poets Society, you got to allow it. No. <laughs> no, I don't. It's the aesthetic is not as good with Mona Lisa Smile, though. And that's like most of this. <laughs> The only other entry under the Oops, We Forgot Women subcategory is not the entirety of The Mummy 1999, but literally just the character of Evie. If she ever got her own standalone film, I think it should have to be Dark Academia. Absolutely, yes. Because you're 100% correct. Evie, as a concept, does fit. Now, some works I couldn't help but notice were either not mentioned or not mentioned nearly enough. 
Rope, the 1948 film or the 1929 play. Oh, yeah. Despite sharing themes of homoeroticism and murder as a failed expression of intellectual superiority. Yeah, shit. Is it left out because black and white film cannot portray the shades of brown vital to the dark academia aesthetic? I would say that black and white is actually, like, a stronger representation of the aesthetic. You'd think, and yet... The other thing that doesn't get mentioned nearly enough is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Yeah, that's a great question about why you would... (laughs) Now, does it take place in academia? Absolutely not. But it does share the strong themes of homoeroticism and murder in pursuit of aesthetics. I would argue that there's a type of academia in it, uh, like artistic. It's doubly interesting because critiques of the dark academia aesthetic subculture echo critiques of the original aesthetic movement in which Oscar Wilde participated in the picture of Dorian Gray exemplified. I think that might actually be literary irony. So from this list, what can we conclude are the common threads of the dark academia aesthetic? White guys. (laughs) The rules for what counts as dark academia are either so narrow that nothing fits except the secret history, or so broad as to be functionally meaningless. (laughs) It may or may not have an academic setting, it may or may not have murder, it probably has spooky vibes and homoerotic undertones, and it is definitely deeply superficial and superficially deep. I don't know, you say that it's too broad, but I- that actually sounded like the most perfect encapsulation of it I've heard. Speaking of criticism, is dark academia hashtag problematic? Not directly, but yes, in the way that I would say most media is, yeah. The children are concerned that dark academia may promote unhealthy study habits, encourage substance abuse, fail to represent identities beyond wealthy white males, and glorify elitist academic institutions. Okay, yeah. I think that first one is a bit of a stretch. Nothing successfully made anyone study for college. So when they say it promotes unhealthy study habits and encourages substance abuse... I'm assuming they're drawing directly from the secret history. Yeah, because they all do like, actually, they do a lot of, they do some wild drugs because they're trying to become, well, I don't want to give any plot points away. Well, because it takes place at Bennington in the 1980s, so like. Yeah, they're doing a lot of cocaine, among other things. But yes, the characters in the secret history endure stress, sleep deprivation, drinking, smoking, and irresponsible use of both recreational and hard drugs. All of this occurs because they're all idiot spoiled rich kids who value aesthetics over ethics and do murder literally for the aesthetic and are rendered sleepless by the guilt and stress over getting caught for the murder and turn to alcohol and drugs to cope. I was going to say, all of those are very explicitly classified as flaws that are bad and part of what happens that is bad in the the story. They're insomniacs because of the cocaine, Helen. Yeah, and they do cocaine because they're assholes. The whole point of the book is the main character very much wants to be like these people and ends the book miserable because wanting to be like those people is bad because they are bad. Yeah, it sucks to be them and it hurts. And the book literally closes off with him going, well, that was a bad idea. In terms of failing to represent identities beyond wealthy white males and glorifying elitist academic institutions... It's an aesthetic movement based on a romanticized view of the power structures created by wealthy cishet white men to benefit wealthy cishet white men, so yeah. It would be hard to not do that. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying, oh, it's gotta be that way. I'm just saying, like, I can see how the pitfall was set up. But also, like, in glorifying Ivy League, we've accidentally glorified Ivy League. Like, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, the, the call was coming from inside the house, unfortunately. Get my clown statue and get out of Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) That said, many works in the Dark Academia quote-unquote canon explicitly critique the power structure because in the secret history, as we've said, the moral, if there is one, is that murder bad actually. Yeah. And bad actions are enabled by inherited wealth and privilege. 
Dead Poets Society, Kill Your Darlings, and Mona Lisa Smile are all critiques of the academic institution's inadequacies, particularly when it comes to morality. Furthermore, the hashtag problematic critiques of dark academia echo the moral panic sparked by the publication of The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, and much like The Picture of Dorian Gray, the central question at the heart of the secret history is whether or not beauty, hashtag aesthetics, can or should conform to social morality. Um, yes. Next question. But the children have proposed a solution. <laughs> uh, listen to other voices? Read something other than Harry Potter? Well, let's not get drastic, D-Ray. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. No, the children call their solution light academia. So what, that's just cottagecore but in school? Which is dark academia aesthetics minus the questionable behaviors. The very behaviors which, in dark academia fiction, serve to point out the flaws of the academic institution. I can't help but notice that getting rid of the bad behavior doesn't really solve a lot of the problems. Correct. It's dark academia aesthetic without any critique of the system creating the aesthetic. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, it's got soft colors, which means I guess women are here now? <laughs> also, I am compelled to point out that dark academia is deemed hashtag problematic, so an alternative is created without the superficial quote-unquote bad elements and dubbed light academia. Oh, <laughs> Whoops. So to recap, dark academia is evil and light academia is good. Uh-oh. Did no one think twice about this naming scheme? Ah, uh, they, come on. I mean, they put in the newest Frankenstein movie with Daniel Radcliffe. They don't think about anything. Dark academia bad because it's only about white people. We've created a newer, better version of it, and we've called it light academia. We called it white academia. I mean, uh, shh, uh, it's good now. In conclusion, I am begging the children to think critically about literature and language. Yeah. Please. I can't stop thinking about how multiple periods in Harlem would work very well for this kind of thing. Did someone say Langston Hughes? Sort of, like, by association. <laughs> <laughs> but the central thrust of this episode is... Dark academia can be very useful in marketing certain vintage and antique items. The end. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, I liked where you were going about the Harlem Renaissance. <laughs> Harlem Renaissance would be good for dark academia, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would fit in well with the whole beatnik vibe of the Kill Your Darlings. And it's got homoerotic overtones and spades. Mm-hmm. That's the cradle of gay culture right there. Consider it, won't you? Thank you. Consider it. I wish I'd seen more of this when I was in the antiques industry. I think it's a really good lesson about selling things by showing people what they actually want through staging. Yes, very much so. Because faced with multiple choices, people become overwhelmed. They can't visualize an object in their life. But if you show them a beautiful teacup next to a typewriter and an inkwell on a Governor Winthrop desk... They can suddenly see. They have a vision. A vision. And then they need that teacup and that desk. And your typewriter. For that dark academia vibe. So yeah, I think it could be extremely powerful in terms of sort of setting up a story for your customers. And God help me, that story for your customers better not be Harry Potter related. <laughs> or we'll find you. Sources for this episode include... <laughs> the following YouTubers. Sarah Baji, The Book Leo, Alexa Sunshine 83, Shanspear, Just Lunch, Coffee to Go, Skatey Shinjuru, A Frolic Through Fiction... R.C. Waldoon, Alexandra Rosalyn, Riss Igrek, Clark Elison, Nava Rose, and Ruby Granger. Shout out to the following Tumblr users. 
Nona Such, also known as Holly of Suffragette City Vintage, who you may remember from our Vintage Fashion and Ethics of Thrifting episodes, for promoting the Rainbow Academia aesthetic, which means dressing like Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bush. Yes, 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 yes. And to Tumblr user Well and Truly, also known as our friend Tara, who you may remember from our Varney the Vampire read-through on Patreon. For being Donna Tart's nemesis, and for the brainstorming <laughs> session wherein we realize Dark Academia is a fandom of curation rather than a fandom of creation. Bless you. Think about it, won't you? Thank you. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends, or you can tag us on Tumblr if you're still on it. <laughs> if you're there. <laughs> antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. We're holding the door open to get into Tumblr now. At least there's us. That's going to be the tagline for Tumblr. If you thought this was all very spooky, literary, and inspiring, you can scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and consider leaving us a spooky aesthetic review. Every review, no matter how you review us, is a gift to us and gets our dulcet tones into a variety of waiting ears. And if you'd like to procure your own Dark Academia goods, you can check out our Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash antiquesfreaks, where we have a variety of difficult-to-move books. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got, and I got more coming, because Savers doesn't know what it's got. Help me. <laughs> and if you want more Antiques Freaks in your week, you should check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash antiquesfreaks, where we are streaming the video game Sphinx and the Curse Mummy while talking about Egyptology. Or you can hit up our Patreon at patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, where we are week by week reading and reviewing a chapter of Varney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood, a penny dreadful that is far more dreadful than penny. Is Varney Dark Academia? Absolutely. I'm making the call. Yes! Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.